Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. What a matchup! And what a tee, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play and Corrales Punta Cana Club Championship brought to you by 18 Birdies, the best golf app in the business. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Let's get to it. What's going on, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. Presented by 18 Birdies. Hey, listen, one of our favorite features of 18 Birdies is the golf bag. Your ability to customize your bag with your clubs, how far you hit each club. Then you can keep track of your distances. You get your own personal caddy in the palm of your hand with Caddy Plus. It'll tell you what to hit for each club. If you keep updating it, you can continue to see how you improve with each club. So that'll help you in your real golf game. We're here to help you with your DFS golf game and your bracket picking this week as we have the WGC Dell match play and we've got the Punta Cana Corrales Club Championship. We're going to hit all that. We're going to talk a little bit about our first impressions of Masters pricing on DraftKings as well. We're going to talk about the Road to Augusta details from Fantasy Draft. We actually managed to fill about an hour's worth of content talking about two tournaments that we're really not crazy about in terms of DFS. We do recommend you scale down a bit, but we we talk about it nonetheless. We make some picks. We go through each group in the match play and tell you who we like to come out of those groups. And we've got some sleepers for Corrales, if that tickles your fancy. But we hope you have an entertaining show. We, we hope you guys enjoy it. We had a good time talking about it. So uh, let's get to it. May your screens be green. Here you go. What's up, golf addicts? It's David Barnett of the Tour Junkies. Oh, hey, Pat. How are you, bud? I'm, I'm good. You sound a little distraught. I've had a good, a good day of banking, though. It's been a great day. Oh, really? Hey. Yeah. By the way, how many leads have you gotten off that job interview we did a couple weeks ago? One, and it was from your <laughs> wife. <laughs> so. Apparently, you you really butchered that job interview. No, uh, no uh, well, the the one on the pod, yeah, that was, yeah. But you know, I, yeah, that's I, what I, mean. I was, that's I was, I, mean. I had, I was on the podcast juice. It really wasn't. I don't know. I didn't think it was fair. If we're going off of that for being like a true job interview. And we, we need a different setting. Um, but you know what? My day started. Let me just talk about how my day started in banking this morning. So this guy comes in as soon as we open our doors. And 
he's well. I don't want to. I don't know. I'm not gonna stereotype the guy. I mean, let's just say he came off the street, just like anybody does. Actually, that comes in our bank, they come <laughs> off the street. Very and, PC. Very and PC. He had a clear glass marble in his okay. hand. Okay. Hmm. And he wanted to know if if uh, what what he could sell it to us for because he, he <laughs> thought that we could um, we could exchange this marble for cash. Um, so ah. that's how my day got started. So did you do it? Did you trade him up? I didn't. Yeah, I should have given him something out of my pocket. Like you know what? Here's I ended up giving him a bottle of water and some crackers. <laughs> Maybe he was doing the whole, like, have you ever heard about the thing where, like, you start with a paper clip and you go door to door and you try to, like, trade up or, like, sell like sell up to to do it? And then, like, I've heard, like, whoever started this like, ended up with, like, a boat. Have you ever have you ever heard of that? No, but I, I, I kind of like, I, I know where you're going with this. That's I mean, what, what, what would you trade? Because we really don't have a whole lot of other really useful stuff to talk about tonight. So, like, if somebody knocked on your door and you were the first door they came to, and they had a paperclip, and they were like, "Listen, I, I just want to trade any. I'll I will give you this paperclip for anything that you have. Anything you want to get rid of, I will I will trade you. What well, what would it be? Well, because you know, a paperclip's pretty useful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but they're all yeah, but it's also a supply and demand thing, right? Like you're not you're not you have plenty of paper clips. I'm yeah, sure. but I don't have plenty of paper clips in my house. I'm not in yeah, my but, office. Okay, yeah, but then you would be like, well, if I need a paper clip something, I'll just go to work tomorrow and yeah, get a paper clip. Okay. Um hmm. I don't know. Maybe like a few sheets of paper. So you can use it. You could, well you no, could, they would give you the paper clip. So I got to give him something back. Okay, I'm going to give him, um, I'd probably go with like a pen. A pen, okay. Mm-hmm. What would you go with? Um, I mean, I guess I'd find something in my house I need to get rid of anyway. Like, I, I guess that's where you kind of get going, because I would give him something that probably takes up a lot of space that I need to get rid of anyway, and I can, I can save a trip to Goodwill or to... The dumpster. But don't you want to feel like you're getting a like something like they were giving you a paperclip? So yeah, but, yeah, but they're save. Yeah, but they're save indirectly. They're saving me a trip to like Goodwill or something else. Like, or they're saving me just sitting there looking at this thing, knowing that I need to get rid of it. Like, probably I would give away like a shirt that I haven't worn, like a a dress oh, shirt, okay, that I haven't worn in a long time. Well, I'm staring at a TV, like a nice Sony flat screen TV that's broken. I could give him that. Oh, yeah. You could, we could give him a Pod Bros T-shirt since that's <laughs> exactly. basically as, as useless as, that, as a paper. That clip. should have been my answer as a Pod Bros T-shirt. <laughs> Which, by the way, they're on sale right now. TourJunkies.com. You guys Dang can check it. that out. And I'm staring at the whole box full of them right now. <laughs> Um, hey, listen, tonight's going to be a fun podcast. We are rather, um, I don't know what the word is. We're just kind of not really feeling the whole alternate event or the WGC event. Um, but we're going to hit them. We're going to hit them. We don't know when we're going to hit them or how hard we're going to hit them, but we're going to hit them. We're going to talk master's pricing tonight. We got, we got that, that that came out this past week, so a little initial reaction there. But actually, the Arnold Palmer, Pat, was full of 
interesting things like you know the guy who came into the Arnold Palmer in absolutely garbage just dumpster fire form and then ran away with it on yeah. Sunday in Rory McIlroy who we both r- faded oh well i mean it, and if you watch the 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 sherpa video on rotor grinders he was obviously my fate of the week it's just i mean when you look at how his form stat, every anything you want to talk about going when you're looking at picking a golfer he did not just wasn't there but here's why golf is so crazy, because they can find it at any time. He had a dinner on Monday night, apparently, or Tuesday with Brad Faxon, and they talked about putting. They did not even, they didn't even, like, get on the putting green. They were just talking about, like, you know, putting and in and, and general. And God, what did he say to him? I don't know, because somebody needs to say that to me. <sighs> with, with anything. Jeez, I mean, he's got some sort of... Like, yeah, magic wand or something, but it worked. Yeah, it, it sure did. I mean, he had the best putting performance, arguably, of his career. Um, Why is it when when Rory wins too, he just absolutely blows everyone out mm-hmm. like on Sunday? Yeah, it wasn't even close. I mean, DeChambeau finishes second with a nice eagle on the back nine on Sunday, last couple holes, which is impressive. Uh, by, by the way, we did talk him up. I mentioned him. I told you the week before, he said he slept on his neck wrong, his back wrong. That's the only reason he withdrew. I'm telling you, that, that was, that was a, that, you had to pay attention to that one. So I gave you DeChambeau. Um, but, yeah, we whiffed on Rory. Most, I mean, yeah. It's just that it, it is an example of why golf is so freaking hard. It is hard. So, like, all you guys – actually, we had a number of listeners do really well this week. So, congrats to you guys who, who did really well. But for those of you who are like, man, this is not – I am not good at this. It is, it is a difficult thing to predict. It is, it is the most difficult sport to predict for reasons like this. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, the number one – the overwhelming number one thing that every – pro every caddy that we talk to says is most important is form the number one it is overwhelming we've not had one person say anything different we've asked probably a dozen tour pros and caddies between form course history and statistical fit what's most important and they all 100 percent have said form and rory comes in acting like he doesn't know which end of the putter to hold and then sets the world on fire saturday and sunday (laughs) with the putter his putter was just it's it was ridiculous and then it's and it's something like his last i think i heard on the on the when i was watching yesterday that something like his like his last six or seven six maybe tournament rounds he hasn't shot under par and then he goes out and does that i mean it's just you, you but i mean and now look what we got like we got we got rory and, and well, you got to say good form now with his putter. You know, you got DJ. He's he's DJ. You got Jason Day coming off of a win and then a you know a top five finish. Also, then you got Tiger playing good. You know, all the it's just it's if we see a little bit of form out of Spieth, maybe the next one or two events. I think he'll play two events. He may play the next two weeks or maybe just this week. I don't know. But um, man. The Masters is shaping up to be just incredible. Yeah, it, it, 
it is. Um, we got talk. Other... Let's, let's talk Tiger though. API though, we got at least talk that too. Tiger, another top ten finish, a top five finish at the API. Um, clearly, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, the concern going into Augusta is the driver because you do have to hit driver at Augusta now. You can you can be a little squirrely with it at Augusta. You can get away with it. You can hit from the pine straw, you know, at Augusta. You, you know, I think he took seven penalty shots at the API. Seven. <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to have that that you're many not. penalty shots at Augusta because of of you know being able to play from another fairway or the the pine straw, which I for one appreciate in terms of my game, but. At the same time, that doesn't he can't win doing that. Like he he can't win. Like what? It, it, let's just say let's just say his driver doesn't change, and he does the same. He's he is the exact same thing that he's demonstrated the last couple of weeks. What is his upside? What is the best he can do? Because he can't win. Can he top five? Can he top ten? Can he top fifteen? Oh, I definitely think he can top five. It. You definitely think he can top five at spraying the driver the way that he has. Augusta's so different, man. I mean, you've been out there. We've been out there for, you know, well, heck, I'm, I don't want to say my age, but for a long time I've seen that course. And you can. We all know you're old. You can put it out there and, and you know, I mean, you can't go like Jordan Spieth at the British Open and knock it, you know, 70 yards offline or whatever. But, you know, if you if you're. He's hitting the driver good enough to compete and to win, even right now, even with what I've seen right now. I don't think he's hitting it good enough to win. I I think his upside is top 15, maybe top 10, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't think he's hitting it good enough to win. I think you have, have to you hit the driver Have you seen the, like, all right. The driver's not the only thing in the bag. Have you seen all his the, his irons that he's playing and how solid and just yes and yes. his short game, which is obviously key at Augusta, and his putting, which is another key at Augusta. Yes. And here's the thing too: we all and this is what we'll probably talk about later when we look at pricing for the Masters is it's just you have to have experience on these greens. I mean, we've only seen one first timer, Fuzzy Zeller, win it. That's it. He's obviously got that experience. I don't care if it's been a few years since he's been on this course. Uh, I, from what I've seen, he can certainly contend to win here. Do, does he need to straighten out the driver a little bit? Yes, but you can be you can spray it off the tee. I mean, think yeah, about I, Bubba. I mean, Bubba's won here twice, and he's not exactly known to be the most accurate driver in the world. But he can freaking bomb it, and he knows how to play this course, and it sets up well for his game. Yeah, like I mean, I, you just can't be that lost off the tee to me. Like, he cannot come into Augusta being as lost as he is off the tee with the driver against those that are in form right now and looking. This is shaping up to be the most interesting, competitive, compelling Masters in a long time with so many guys playing really well right now. And it just, he just can't, that's why I say, I think his upside is top 15, maybe top 10. If he stays exactly the same, if he doesn't improve it over these next two weeks, which we, we're not going to know. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's going to go work on it, but I'm saying if he does the, if he does the same thing he's doing, he did in the last couple of weeks, I think top 10 is the max upside for him given, you know, given everything else. But, 
It was an interesting week for him. I, I think um, there were some other interesting storylines. Before you know, we're gonna we're gonna go down the Masters rabbit hole here in just a minute. But <clears throat> you had um, you had a little drama Sunday with old Patrick Reed and the rules official. Oh, you yeah. caught you caught the video, with old mm-hmm. old P Reed. Now P Reed is listen. I'm just gonna say this because there. We're we're never gonna have Patrick Reed on our podcast, but Patrick Reed's an asshole. It's a, he's a confirmed. It's confirmed. He just is. Like I've talked to two people who played with him at Augusta State. Both said everything that was written about him, everything that was said about him, was true. Um, I've talked to a couple of tour wives, caddy wives, that talk about how Justine, his wife is constantly the you know in the ropes and on his hip and like thinks that everybody's trying to steal her man all the time and you know he's he's obviously now I love the man when it comes to Ryder Cup I freaking love it but he is just he's too much to me he's just a little too much to me and his his interaction with the rules official just shows what a douche he, he really is. And and whether the rules official was right or wrong, I feel like the rules official was probably wrong. Like he he had an issue with a ball and, and some cables and some TV production type stuff that should have been movable. Yeah, I feel like the rules official was probably wrong. And and of course Reed calls him out and says, like, well, if this were if my name were Jordan Spieth, this would be different. Which I also think that's not a slam on Jordan Speed. That's a slam on the rules official and the PJ Tour in general. But I think he's right there. I just think he's a. I just think he's a jerk. Like, and then you you could hear his wife chiming in oh, too. Yeah, you could hear his wife chiming in in the video. Yes, yeah, she's like any other tour player would have gotten this. Any other tour player, come, come but on. my precious husband. Yeah, I, I just think he. I just think his color show will like that. And I saw something on Twitter. Somebody talking about like this is one of the benefits. I think it's Brendan Porath of SB Nation. This is one of the benefits of the mobile of the new mobile policy on the PGA Tour. <laughs> we true. get videos like this, and it's and, gonna and it's gonna expose some players. It's gonna expose some players that typically aren't, you know, susceptible to this kind of critique. And and Patrick Reed is is he thinks he's a pretty big deal, like old fig definition of old fig jam, if you ask me. Um, and. and it's it just the video was just uh it was just kind of it's just kind of gross i needed a shower after I do you have like any differing thoughts than that actually i don't i, I didn't like it either i thought it was i mean I'm, i was watching it just kind of cringing a little bit i did think it was it was pretty i did like what what the rules official said when he's like he's basically like just play away patrick <laughs> just yeah just play away just go and and, and stop you know bitching about it or whatever i I just thought it was and i agree though i think it was not a shot at spieth i think the media is going to make a lot about that and we saw tonight when we when we got the pairings for the uh or the groups for the match play that actually they're going to be playing against each other uh, because they are in the same group and i'm sure the media is going to make some big deal about it but i don't think that's what he meant i don't think it had anything to do with spieth it was just it was more the rules official the guy, the player of the caliber of Spieth, or D, he could set any name right there he wanted to. He just Spieth popped into his mind. But yeah, I just—he's just such a jerk, man. And I, and it, 
and for a guy that you know does so well and and competes hard for like the U.S. and and whatever else is a fiery personality, he should he should be able to use that in a better way to to come across better for for fans. I mean, he obviously doesn't really care about that too much either. So no, no, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, it actually. So I'm gonna I'm gonna segue here from the API. Golf Digest just came out. Tommy Fleetwood is on the cover. And there is a a feature in the back on none other than Bob Golby. That's mm-hmm. right. The man who we have named our mascot after, Bob Golby. Pat, did you know this is the 50th anniversary of his Masters win over Roberto DiVincenzo, who signed the incorrect scorecard. Did you know that? They're celebrating 50 years. It was 1968 that old Bob Colby won. I did, actually. Well, they did a they did a, a cool little write-up on him, and he basically just – it was a fun write-up. It was just He just basically rattled off a few short stories about interesting stuff, both about that Masters and just about life on tour. And um, one of the things that he mentioned was um, this story. And uh, it was about um, it was about Arnold Palmer. There was a rules official who. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you two stories here. I'm going to read it to you. He Bob says, "I'll tell you a story I've kept mostly to myself all these years. It's a true story because the man who told it to me, the late Jack Tuthill." Had as much integrity as any man ever. Three weeks after the 1968 Masters, uh, when Roberto DiVincenzo signed the wrong scorecard and lost, he won the Houston Champions International Tournament. Jack was the tournament director for the tour and was on site. He told me that Roberto left the scoring tent without signing his scorecard. That penalty is a disqualification. Jack told me he struggled with himself at the moment because on one hand there was the letter of the law, while on the other hand was the unholy mess that would arise if Roberto had DQ'd himself by, of all things, three weeks later, another scorecard incident. What do you do? Jack searched for Roberto, found him, and brought him back to sign his card, and Roberto goes down as the winner of that competition. Now, flash forward to 1972, the same rules official was working at the Masters, and on the second hole, Arnold Palmer, fan favorite, right? You could argue, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, On the second hole, Arnold Palmer left a bunker shot in the bunker, whacked, his sand, whacked the sand with his club in anger. Jack immediately hit Arnold with a two-shot penalty for grounding his club in the bunker. It was absolutely the right call, but after the round, officials convened and decided to rescind the penalty. That kind of thing happened at Augusta on, inca- on occasion. This one did not sit well with Jack Tuthill. He felt belittled by it, and he refused to ever work as an official at Augusta again. Which I thought was an interesting story, but also just goes to show like favoritism <laughs> between PGA Tour rules officials and and those that direct the tournament have been around for decades. And if you think <laughs> that people like Jordan Spieth and Phil and Tiger and those kind of guys don't get a little extra bump from time to time, I I, I just don't think we I don't think we realize that that happens. So well, while I don't agree easily... with Reed's comment, I think it was a douchey comment. 
I think that kind of stuff does actually happen. I, you know what? And here's the thing: it happens in almost any sport. You see that in basketball. With you know, we hear this all the time. With you know, basketball with with maybe LeBron gets calls. You know, with with you hear it definitely with football with Tom Brady and whoever else. So it's it's not anything new, and I, I think it's it's accurate. I mean, yeah. Um, a couple of other funny things from this Bob Golby article. We've talked about it. If you listen to our Tribal Knowledge and TJ Origins pod, we talk about Bob Golby. He was also quite the character on the PGA Tour. He was known to be quite the character. And um, he mentions here uh, he fouled out of 14 straight basketball games at one point in high school, <laughs> which is pretty funny. He, he said, I, I like to consider myself a little aggressive. <laughs> Um, if anybody stole the basketball from him, he would kind of take it up a notch and do his best to get it back. Uh, but then one of the funniest things I read, um, we've, we'd heard this before, but if you talk to guys on the PJ Tour that played with Bob Golby back in the day and ask them what kind of player he was, they would talk about how good he was, but then they would say he also had one of the, the nastiest hooks uh, on on golf like in golf like that when he got the hooks it was the worst you know and he this little short statement cracked me up he said uh he's 88 years old now by the way he says the best cure for a hook is to turn 88 years old <laughs> i play three times a week but don't hit the ball hard enough to curve it an inch one way or the other i'm so short i can hear the ball land without turning up my hearing aid <laughs> which I thought was freaking awesome. I love that. That is great. So, uh, 50 years it has been since Bob Golby has won the Masters. And uh, now I'm sure he would not be proud to know that some couple knuckleheads from Augusta, Georgia have started a fantasy golf podcast with a blind squirrel nicknamed Golby. I'm sure he would not really be interested in that. but Probably wouldn't care too much. I thought it was funny. Speaking of Masters, Pat, let's let's talk a little bit about Masters. The DraftKings prices are out for Masters week. We want to give some initial reactions now. You know, there's going to be some some players added to the field. Um, we suspect anyway. I suspect there's going to be some players added to the field. You've got to finish in the top 50 in the World Golf Ranking at the end of this week, I believe. And then the winner, if not already in, for the Shell Houston is also going to qualify. So the field will begin getting solidified here soon. But um, obviously, you've got some. You've got the Millie Maker coming out in DraftKings. You've got Fantasy Draft has a large tour card GPP. Um, it's it's going to be nuts. And with so many guys in form, it's... I don't know, man. It's going to be a wild year. And obviously the Masters is a shorter field. When you look at the majors, it's a shorter field. 90-something players for the most part. Uh, we'll see what it comes out to when it's all said and done. But it's a shorter field, uh, a, a smaller cut as well. So uh, you have that going for you. But let's look at some DraftKings prices, Pat. What some initial reaction from you I mean, I'll say like first of all, with so many good players in form, it's. I mean, you go all the way down, like you're in the eight Ks, and you're seeing like I'm in the eight Ks before I'm seeing somebody that I'm just like not willing to even touch because so many guys are in form or have the history here. It's it's crazy. What's what do you, what do you think um, about the Masters pricing on DK so far? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that it, it is. And and we know. I mean, this is 
like you said, it's a it's a you could consider it a shorter field event with with the fact that they just don't have as many players as you typically typically do for a major. And then with the pricing, you know, these guys they they can't put them all over at 10k and 9k. You know, you get like, and then that's when you'll see a guy like Sergio who won it last year at 8600. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Well, and you have you have 16 guys at the bottom that are useless. Like if you're trying to win a GPP anyway, I, I don't yeah. care. I, I don't care. Like this is the thing about the masters with the whole past champions deal. You've got your Larry Mize, your Mike, Mike Weir. Like you've got these 16 guys, you know, the amateurs at the bottom that are basically useless. So you really do cut the field down even in, more. Yeah. And in and terms you, of trying now, to win a GPP, you can't consider Bernhard longer useless because <clears throat> true, the guy just, true. It comes to play here, and that's where borderline. Though I mean, I still it's still borderline, but you, you, yeah, it could be worth a flyer in a GPP. Yeah. There has probably been a GPP, like was it last year or two years ago, that where somebody put an entry with couples. With, with longer or couples or somebody yeah. and, and did well. But yeah, I mean, but looking at the top, I mean, I'm not surprised at how the pricing is. I mean, you get DJ at eleven four. I I don't think that's you know I, I figured he'd probably be the highest price guys or highest price guy. I, I'm I, I think Rory is interesting at ninety nine hundred, just below Tiger at ten, and and the pricing came out obviously before he won. I think there could be. I'm surprised there's not six or seven guys here in this ten k range. That that is a little interesting to me. Like where they only had Tiger, Spieth, Justin, and DJ above ten k. They could have easily fit Day in there. They could have easily fit Rory in there. Uh, you could maybe make an argument for for Mickelson or Rom, but you can't. You, you, I don't know. It, it's interesting to me the way this pricing is. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, and I think if you look at the bottom, like I, I go to the bottom and I look at a few guys because I mean everybody in this. 10 and 9k range you can make an argument for and obviously when we come out with our masters podcast we'll try to land on some guys that we're going to plant our flag on and roll with and even our, our friends at fanshare sports or um, fanshare they're already starting to curate the, the amount of chatter given to each one of these guys in terms of dfs so you'll want to check out fanshare and and um, you know be ready to follow those tags and see who's getting talked up for gpps but when I look at the bottom, uh, you know, I start in that 6,800, 67. Um, I actually had a text conversation the other day with old George Bryan, our friend George Bryan from the Bryan Brothers, who was on the podcast the other uh, early in January. And I asked him, I was making fun of his brother, saying, you know, have you taught your brother how to hit the driver yet? <clears throat> and he said, you know, actually, Wes has been hitting it really well. He's been at home grinding. He shot. Now he's playing around a bunch of these courses in Augusta, shooting sixty. He lipped out for fifty nine the other week. Um, you know, he's like, but hey, Wes is working on it. Wes has found the driver. I think he's sneakily in play at Augusta. Sneakily now, is that a word? No, I just made that up. Now, <laughs> I don't think he's in play because I don't think he hits it long enough. Number one, and I think your first Masters at in front of basically mm-hmm. a hometown crowd is a a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but crazier things have happened. 
I think we've seen Jimmy Walker flash a little form. He's played Augusta well before. He's interesting at 68. Um, Brennan Steele at 69, Kevin Chappell at 69, Charlie Hoffman, who we saw get out, get out to an incredible start, I think it was last year, at 7,100, just faded on the weekend. Those are some low-priced guys that, that kind of just jump out at me when I'm looking there. Um, yeah, the, 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 I, I think you're going to have to – I think length is important. We've had some rain here at, at Augusta, like – I, you know, and I, and I know, I know Augusta will dry out the greens, and I know there's the sub air system. You know, they can they can dry out these greens and do what they want with them. But I just think I think you're going to have to have some length. I think it's going to be softer than normal. Um, so I'm not going to have a whole lot of guys that aren't crushing it off the tee. Any thoughts yeah. there, or any thoughts on guys near the bottom? I mean, Gary Woodland's at 7,200 bucks. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and you know me with, with this, and, and, and I'm sure the listeners are going to know this, but I, I think that you certainly, more than anything, have to look at course history and, and experience here, and, and I've, I've said it. But I just think, like, you look at like Jimmy Walker, you mentioned him at 6,800. He's actually been, you know, over his last four years here, he had, he's made the cut four straight years. He's got a top 10 in 2014. He was top 20 last year. You know, so and that was. I, I think his his health is coming around, so I, I think he is certainly in play. Um, Woodland concerns me a little bit, just because I don't know. He just doesn't typically play well here. But I think he I can fits s- very well. But I, I don't. I guess it's the putter, but I feel like he's a different putter this year. You know, I mean, he's kind of shown that. Yeah. I think the putter is what's held him back, but I think he's an interesting flyer. Now, right there around Woodland is Brooks Kepka at seventy six hundred dollars. That's going to be I interesting. Mean, what are you going to do? That is with a him? tempting price. I don't know. I'm going to have to pray about that one because, I mean, geez, from just the game, obviously he's he's dealing with the wrist injury, which we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him freaking. I mean, we haven't seen him since since the tournament of champions. Um. So he's had. I mean, he'll have he'll have nearly three months. He'll have three months rest. I don't know, but seventy six hundred for a guy like Kepka is really tempting. That's tempting. I'll I'm say such this a sucker too. for him. Anyway, I'm probably going to have some of him. I'll say this too. I think if you want to if you want to talk about a, a first timer that just just off the page. <clears throat> You know, before doing a ton of research, because we have not done, a, let's just go ahead and say that we have not done a ton of research, even though we do know the course right. obviously very well. But Finau at 7,400 could be interesting. That's a guy that, I mean, he obviously bombs uh, it off the tee. He's a, he's a, you know, pretty good. Uh, the putting might The putting, me. man. Ugh. Yeah. Putting is so bad for him. That, but I don't know, man. I mean, he should be able to be knocking these in tight. Off of those, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling female. Similarly, I, I feel the same way about Thomas Peters at 8,300. Yeah, I agree I, with you there. I'm too. not a huge fan of Thomas Peters. I, I mean, I do love the ball striking ability and the bombing and whatever, but at 8,400, you know, priced right there around Hideki and Fleetwood and defending champ Garcia, defending champ Adam Scott, right below him. I'm not a fan of Thomas Peters for that reason. Like, yeah. that's the one thing that the national is going to expose, man. If you can't make six footers for par, you are gone. Six footers on a really on a lightning fast, you know, bent grass golf course, not Bermuda, 
You know, you you got to know this place. And but Peters did do well in his first time ever last year with a fourth place finish. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, and and, and uh, he did the same thing at Riviera last year. He put it out of his mind. I yeah, I, I haven't done the research, so I don't know how yeah. he got to that fourth place finish last year. But I'd but be interested you, to you, see the putting stats. If you look, just you know, like you said with Hideki, Hideki's a guy that I just I would not think of him at the Masters, but he's he's got the he's got it there. I mean, his last three straight tournaments here he was t11 last year t7 and 16 and then fifth and 15 he's gained 26 and a half strokes on the field the last three years or last four years he did miss a cut his first year but if he's healthy and you're going to be able to get a guy at 8400 like him at maybe a low price because he's had the injury and whatever else it'd be a pretty pretty damn good play yeah, the ownership is going to be interesting with this because there's so many good players. I just feel like it's it's going to be extremely diluted. It feels it like, is. It um, is. or I wonder if guys like DJ and and JT are just going to be ignored. I mean, although DJ is six hundred dollars more than Justin Thomas, which is is a big leap from a first to second. Like, I wonder if DJ is going to be ignored. It's. I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. The Masters is coming. I can't wait. I'm I'm pumped about it. Plus, you have the road to Augusta, Pat. The road yes. to Augusta. It's coming up. Fantasy Draft. Our friends at Fantasy Draft facilitating the road to Augusta challenge. If you guys are not in that, you have basically two more weeks. You have this week and next week for the Shell Houston Open. But we are drawing. Pat, wait a minute. Are we basically drawing like next fr- Thursday or Friday? Mm-hmm. We're like a, we're like more we're like a little more than a week out from drawing. That's going to be a good time. So we are going to pick one lucky individual is going to win round-trip airfare, hotel for two nights, some food and drinks, a ticket to round two at Augusta, the Friday round with me, Pat, and a couple of special guests. We're going to be out there all day long at Augusta National, walking the grounds. It's going to be phenomenal. It's just going to be such a fun time. All that's paid for by Fantasy Draft. Big shout out to Fantasy Draft. You guys need to make sure you enter this contest. If you have not already, you go to Fantasy Draft, sign up for a new account, use the promo code TourJunkiesRG. That's TourJunkiesRG. Sign up for a Fantasy Draft account and then enter the Tour card, which is the $25 GPP. You get five entries for that one. Every time you enter, you get five more. And then for every other PGA Tour GPP that you enter, you get an additional entry. So if you've not done that, you got some catching up to do. You need to get in there now and do that for the next couple weeks uh, for the WGC and the Shell. But we will be drawing for that in less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. And then, and then it's basically going to be like, like if we draw your name, this is going to be awesome. If we draw your name, you can expect like quickly a DM, email, Fantasy draft contacting you, setting up airfare. Can you imagine? Like you're you're gonna get the call. You're gonna then you're gonna call your wife or your significant other. Maybe you don't have one. Great, good for you. And then you're just gonna be like, "Yo, I'm out. I'm going to Augusta." You're calling your boss. You're clearing that up. You're you know, it's it's gonna be a good time. You're gonna hop on a plane and you're gonna get here to Augusta. You're gonna experience the Masters. You're gonna get to hang out with us, and we're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It will be. A ton of fun. You don't need to worry about it. if you're if you're worried about it, if you're nervous that this is going to be fun. Don't worry. 
Yeah. We promise. Shall be a there's, good. There's a track record. Really good time. Yeah, we, we're <laughs> one for one on the fun, on the fun meter. We, we crushed it last year. And, and then poor Mike only got to go to a Monday round. Michael Riva, he only got to go to a Monday. You get to go to a Friday round. Tiger will be there still, you know? So there's no chance that, that he's not there. Everybody's there. We're going we're gonna to have a phenomenal time. In addition to that, Pat, one thing that we haven't mentioned in the last couple of weeks, but that coincides, is that if you have never left us an iTunes review, you can leave us an iTunes review, and we're going to pick one person, and we're going to give you $250 worth of spending credit at the Masters Pro Shop. If you're not going to make it this year, we will be your personal shoppers. You, we'll tell you who wins. You give us your size, whatever it is you want, your wish list, and we'll send you $250 worth of free swag just for leaving an iTunes review. That's all you got to do. Just leave an iTunes review. That's it. So if you've not done it, find a way to make it happen. Okay? Now, you, all you people who use like Android and stuff, God love you. We love you. Thank you. But, you know, I don't know. Find somebody with an iPhone and leave a review under their screen name. Remember the screen name. And then when we announce the winner, you just be like, yo, that's me, dog. And then we hook you up. That's all you got to do. Leave the review. That's you it. can get a lot of good stuff for $250. And now, you get a lot I will of good say stuff. this the, the, the prices in the store are not, they're not comparable to the prices at the concession stand. But you, <laughs> get, you can get some pretty good stuff for, uh, for $250. Yeah. Word on the street is, too, Pat, there is a new pro shop, a massive I new heard pro about shop that. this year. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Pat got a little, we got a little inside in, info coming for the Masters Pod on what's going on at Augusta uh, behind the fence there. That, but anyway, yeah, don't forget the iTunes contest as well. So that's going on. Road to Augusta is going on. There's a lot of good stuff going just for listening. So there you go. Um, anything else to add to that, Pat? No. Good. Good job. Way to go. Hey, Pat, would you rather talk about the, we're going to talk about both, but would you rather talk about the match play or Punta Cana right now? Mm, Punta Cana. Punta Cana? Yeah. Do you know anything about this golf course? Yeah, I'll give, you want me to give you a little golf, uh, golf course rundown? Yes, I do want you to give us a golf course rundown. So how do you say this town? What is this? Corrales? Corrales, I believe. Corrales, yeah, Punta right? Cana Resort and, and Club Championship. Yeah. This course is, let me tell you, this course is 7,668 yards. Pretty, pretty long. Actually, it's the second longest course outside of, guess, guess what's first? They've already played there. Uh, the uh, uh, Club de Golf Chapultepec? No, no, oh. no. Second longest course on tour this year. The first longest is Torrey Pines. Ah, uh, Torrey. Okay. Yeah. Um, par 72. It's a Tom Fazio. Fazio design course. Uh, I think wind is the main thing here. Because this course, they, they're going to be able to bomb it off the tee. It's a resort course, and you know how that is. We talked about that in, in, in plenty of resort courses before. You can, you can, the fairways are huge. You know, the greens are pretty easy to hit. So it's not really exactly like the hardest course. Scoring is going to be huge for us. So when we're looking at stats, I think scoring is going to be, you know, your main stat that you're looking at. Um, as a matter of fact, when Dominic Bazzelli won this tournament in 2016, he, uh, I think he had 22 birdies and like two or three eagles. Three so eagles. This, yeah. So this is a scoring course. You got, uh, 
Bermuda Greens. Uh, no, sorry. Paspalum Greens. Yeah. I'm getting the two courses confused here because there's two courses we're looking at this week. They're relatively slow, though. Um, that's about it. That's all I've got really on the course. Very receptive greens. So very soft. these guys are very just going to be taking dead aim. So they're so big, freaking wide fairways where they can just rip away, and then they're going to putting take contest dead aim. this week. Yeah, it's just making the putts. Of course, you have the devil's elbow. Whoa, the devil's elbow! I forgot about that. The three hole closing three holes, which is just ridiculous. I'm so sick of that. Um. But yeah, length is an advantage. Length is an advantage. Uh, aggre- like just aggressive golfers. Um, you got to score. Yeah, you got to score. I mean, I'm a little more interested in this event than I am in, in terms of DFS. I'm a little more interested in playing this event than I am the WGC just because at least I have a cut and I can, I can gain a slight edge getting 6-6 six, six through. But at the same time, I still feel like, I mean, when you get to this level, even though this is an alternate event, it's not the strongest field in the world. Like when you get to this level and it's just a dart throwing contest and then who can make, you know, who can make the putts to me, it's just so there's just a lot of variance. There's a lot of variance that can happen. Um, So I'm not I will say this. I. I'm just not pumped. We said in the beginning of the show, I'm just not pumped about this week in terms of DFS. I, I would just much rather save some bankroll for some masters, you know, masters GPPs. I do. I'm, I would, I, I'm actually more excited about filling out brackets for the WGC than I am any form of DFS, honestly. But, uh, in terms of DFS, I'll have more bankroll allotted to this tournament than I will the WGC. What about you? Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, here's the thing with match play. It's just like we talk about the how variable picking golf is in, in a just a normal tournament like last week at the API. And now you're talking about going into match play where there's also, you know, not only are they playing the course, but the human element element is involved where you, you got to, you know, play against a guy. There's, 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 a, I don't know. It's just, I can't. Well, the match play, the DraftKings scoring is the other factor for the match play. And what happens if a guy withdraws or what happens if a guy you know, I, I, there's a lot of variables that could just leave you really pissed off at the end of it. Um, if you if you dig deep into the scenarios that could happen under the DraftKings scoring in the WGC, I would much rather do a pool with friends and do the bracket challenge. Like I would feel way better about that. Yeah. I, now, props to Draft. I'm happy that like DraftKings tried to do something with it, but I'm just not that interested in it. Now, if, no. Fantasy Draft is going to have um, the alternate event at the Corrales. I know FanDuel has the alternate event. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get into that a little bit. Um, some of my favorites I'll give you for Corrales. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going bombers. I'm going bombers. Guys who can, can rip off birdies. Um, I think my favorite play by far is a guy who's in good form, who's 
absolutely a bomber who's been playing well with his wedges lately, which I think you could have a lot of wedges into these greens, and that's at 10,000 Patrick Rogers. Um, I love Patrick Rogers here. I'm just not interested in those guys at the top. Like, I think none of those guys. Dude, yeah, I, I don't think Grillo. Not, I love Grillo, but he's not a bomber. He's traveled a ton. There's no reason to pay 11.6 for a million. I think you're Grillo. chasing the names if you take you some are. of these top guys. You are. Piercy, I kind of like. I just think the price is too much. Furyk, Sabatini, those guys just don't hit it enough for me. Like, I think Rogers is a clear play here. Um, it's been in great form. So I love Patrick Rogers. I, I'd be 100% overweight on Patrick Rogers. I, I'm I'm with you there. I also think that the at nine thousand Robert Garrigus yep, makes sense. He was the next guy I had. Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, we talked about how the, the I guess the the second or the first longest course on tour was Torrey Pines, and that was a Farmers Insurance, and he finished eighth there. Um, yeah, and, and I don't think this is this. You can't compare these courses because it's not like that at all. But obviously, he's a long hitter of the ball. Nine thousand is a, is a good price for that guy. He could easily be up. What I think you're getting a great deal on him um, because you're. They're just. This is a name tournament. The people at DraftKings are sitting here making their prices and they're just looking at names. I, I really think that because they're not. There's not a whole lot else to go by. Um, so I, I love some Garrigus at, at nine thousand. I think he's a good pivot off of the. Off of Corey Connors, who just got a ton of attention last week at the Valspar. Yeah. Um, now I, I I had Garius as well. Just below him, I like Trey Mullinax at 8,800. Yeah. We just saw him at the Valspar, guy. finished tied for eighth. Another long hitter. Um, been working on his wedge play as well. So I'm a Mullinax fan. Uh, who else? Who else you like? Well, I think that um, I think Kevin Tway at eight thousand. I mean, we're, yeah, I'm not, I debated on Tway. Ah, he is a bomber. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's certainly you know makes sense here. Um, you look at a guy like Sam Ryder at seventy eight hundred. I think he could be an interesting. You know, he came into um, what was it, the Valspar. And he had he had three rounds. No, sorry. Well, Friday and Saturday rounds were were very good at the Valspar, but then he had he had two. You know, Sunday was not very good, but he could he could have finished pretty good at the Valspar. I, I do like Sam Ryder. Um, See, I, I think I prefer Answer, he, who's in a little better form. Yeah, and Varner, who's not in great form, but I just think. You know the the stat fit, and he's a name that should be higher up. I think. Yeah, Keith Mitchell interests me. Love Keith Mitchell, seventy five hundred. I think that's a great price for him. Yeah, love it. What are his betting odds? Because I would, I would, I think his betting odds might be total bomber, super aggressive, can score the birdies. You know, he makes birdies all. I mean, I, I love that play. What else? Um, dipping down, I like Tom Lovelady at seventy three hundred. Web dot com guy hasn't been great, but he's flashed. Um, flash at the Honda with a tie for seventeenth. 
Um, I think Matt Jones is a value at seventy two hundred. He's another guy who can just mm-hmm. who can come. Now, if you he really score, he scores too. I mean, he's yeah. a guy that can score. So a long hitter, one of the longer guys in this field, is right below Matt Jones in t- terrible form. Web dot com grad, Lanto Griffin at seventy two hundred. If you just want to really take a flyer, finish twelfth at the Farmers, your corollary event. Um, Lanto can score. <laughs> I feel like we could say every single player in this field is not in great form. <laughs> it's <laughs> like there's nothing in here. Nobody in here just absolutely yeah. kills it. Well, I mean, gorillas. I mean, the guys at the top, I guess, are. But yeah, but there's nothing in here that. Nah. Um, but I, I do think Lanto's in play as a, just a long shot flyer GPP. Now, let me tell you who the cheapest guy I would go. The cheapest guy I would go is John Daly. Ooh. How about John Daly at 6,800? Like, we, I mean, this just seems like a great course for him. <laughs> Actually, here's, I, and, and another thing is, he's playing a lot lately and playing, he's one of those kind of hit or miss guys, which I think you can, that's what you want to maybe go with this week when it, when it comes to like a tournament type play. I don't mind that at all. I just think that's interesting. I, I, I take that back. He's not the cheapest I'll go, but he's one of the cheapest. We got to talk going? about Baldo. 6500 bucks. Boom. I'm going Baldo. Like, what, what, what do we know about Baldo, Pat? Here's what we know about Baldo. The guy is ultra-talented when it comes to the game of golf. He's taking a little bit of time off. We don't know what we're going to get out of him, so why not play him, especially in like a tournament lineup when you get him this cheap, right? And he, from what we hear, he is hitting the driver incredible right now. So, Well, I mean, we saw him. I mean, we hung out with him at yeah, the PGA we show in January. And he was hitting the driver all right. Um, he has had the time off. He's been working. He, he, I think this is a good spot for him, man. Like a good spot just to get some confidence back. It's, it's wide open fairways, which is what he needed. You know, like, I mean, that was his issue was, was the driver. And this is going to give him plenty of room to just rip it. But you give me a two-time PGA Tour winner down here at, at the minimum price? A two-time recent PGA Tour winner? There's nobody even close to that here. The fact that he's cheaper than Tony Romo then, absolutely pisses me off. Then Lynn Matisse. Uh, then or, Tony Romo. I know, hey, yeah. F- I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> You're going to have to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, let me make note 53-minute mark. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is ridiculous, but I'm I'm all about it. I will have low heaps of Baldo for that reason. Yeah. I'm going to be pulling for him hard, man. I think the entire DFS community will be pulling for him. I'm with you. Good dude. I hope he I hope he I hope he freaking wins. I just want him to win. But what about Tony Romo? Like, you can't touch him, right? Like, I have zero interest in Tony no, Romo. No, I will not play Tony I Romo. I hope people... One. What do you think he's going to be owned? You think he's going to he's going to crack like three percent? 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Is DFS legal in Texas? Yes, it is. So if DFS is legal in Texas, all these Dallas Cowboy homers will be rostering him. That's I, I just does he crack a, does he crack five percent? If he's over five percent, good God, that's free money. This this I, I will learn. We will learn a lot about the DFS community <laughs> and people that play this game if they have if if he is at five percent. Does he break eighty? I think he breaks eighty, but there's no way he, he makes a cut. Does he no break? Does he break seventy eight? He does. He's not going to make. You the think cut, he's going to break seventy eight? I think on a course like this, he probably can. I mean, because you can score on this course. I yeah, think but he's what if he gets some... windy though? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you're talking seventy eight, like one round. I do think yeah. one of the two rounds he breaks seventy eight. Yes. You don't think he makes a cut? No, I don't think he makes a cut at all. I don't know that he breaks 78. I don't even think he comes close to making the cut. I don't think he breaks 78. But These guys, this is the thing. People think... <laughs> it's you know, Steph Curry, I thought, showed out pretty well when he, he, he played in his tour. Yeah. But... It's a this is a different ball game for and I know that he's he's retired now that Tony Romo can do whatever the heck he wants and but it's it's just not the same. These guys are so freaking good. So yeah. yeah. All right. I think that's enough about that. I don't really have anything to do with the match play. Do you? Well, I mean, we got to talk about the groups. They just got picked. So the so the groups just got picked an hour before our, before we were recording this. Um, they're playing in Austin. To me, it's a course that kind of can fit anybody. I mean, we saw DJ bludgeon it last year, but you can see guys who aren't necessarily just total. It's not necessarily just a bombing gallets track. It opens up to anybody. Obviously, match play brings in a whole new element to it. Um, it's not, but if you if you look at you know DJ talking about this last year, I mean he hit driver a lot of holes, and then you see you know the finals last year was Rom and DJ, so both guys that are are known for yeah. bombing it off the tee. Yeah, I just don't think I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about these groups. Group one, DJ, Burned Wiesberger, Adam Hadwin, and our boy Kevin Kisner. I saw you, you tweeted about this uh, earlier tonight. I think there's a clear winner in this group, and that's Dustin Johnson. I don't think Kiz has a chance, nor do I think Adam Hadwin or Burned Wiesberger has a chance. I think this is an automatic bid for Dustin Johnson. You disagree? I, I don't. I mean, I think that, I think the only way that you see um, anybody else win this is maybe, like a kid's. I think he's obviously a fiery competitor, and that's when I when I talk about kind of the hu- human element to this game and to, to match play. That I think that he can, you know. But I just don't see anybody in this group that's going to be DJ. I think this is probably one of the easiest brackets to pick yep and for that reason i'm not playing any of the other three in DraftKings. like i don't know why no. yeah that they're all gonna now, have short keep careers. in mind here here with with whatever the with the scoring this week for 
for this match play deal, they are going to get three rounds, I guess, guaranteed. Yeah. Because they, you know, you got the group play with four guy or four guys in each group, so you're going to get three rounds. But um, it's not like it's all like one and done immediately, like it used to be. So don't don't think of it that way. But yeah, DJ should be far and away the favorite to win here in this group. Yep. Group two: Justin Thomas, Luke List, Molinari, and Patton Kazire. I think this is an interesting group. Like, I mean, obviously Justin Thomas is the favorite. He's just in lights-out form. But I, I think this is going to be a tough... I, I think List, with his form and his ability to bomb it, is interesting. You know, I mean, Kazire's not in the best form, but I, I don't know. I think List is interesting. I think he's a really good price on DraftKings, too, if, you're, if you want to play him in, in DK. He's like 7,300 7, on DraftKings. I think I think List could come out of Group Two if anybody other than JT. Wow, so far we're we're on the same page here. Yeah, because I, I'm with you on List. I think he could be a, a guy that comes out of here and wins this group. Um, one of the things you want to look at too is consistency when it comes to, to these players. You don't want guys that can throw up some you know, huge scores. And I think Patton Kazire is one of those guys. Now, yes, he can score and make birdies and do whatever, but I, I just don't see the consistency out of him. I see more consistency out of list lately. And obviously JT's consistent, but when it comes to match play, that's, that's the key. I mean, these guys cannot, because you can screw up some holes, but you got to be consistent. And, and I think Luke list can do that. So, so there you go. The next group, by the way, I don't even know if we need to talk about because I think Rom comes out of that group. And now I agree. I mean, the the argument is is Affy Barnrat's record in match play is pretty good. Um, I still I'm with you. I think it's Rom, pretty hands down. Yeah. Um, group four is interesting. Spieth, Schwartzel, Hal Tong, and Patrick Reed. What do you think? I'm going to go with Hao Tong Lee in this group. Whoa, really? Yeah, I think he's going to win this group. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think he's going to win this group. I don't. I think Spieth is still not going to show us this week that he's, even though everybody considers him, you know, the Texas guy and whatever else. And and Reed is how can you? Yeah, woof. I I think this, this is, is this is kind of like a flyer. I type think this is Patrick coming. Reed, man. I mean, it's in Texas. No, Lee's going to win this group. Play Patrick Reed's no. in form. Everything Lee is going to win this group. As a matter of fact, Lee's going to win this group, and then he's probably going to make a run into the semifinals. Is what I think. The Asian invasion of Hao Tong yep. Lee. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, then you must like him in DraftKings at 6,700 because that's uh, that's a bold call. I like Reed at 7,700. I think, I mean, again, his match play performance in Texas, he's a Texas guy, likes Spieth. I I love this spot for him. Taking down the Golden Boy, I, I I think he'll eat this up. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Hao Tong Lee. All right. Group five. Hideki, Cantlay, Miyazato, and Cam Smith. I don't know. 
I think it's a Hideki. I think it's Hideki. Yeah, I have a hard time. I kind of want to go Cantlay, but I think it's Hideki. This is. I feel like this is a weak group that Hideki should own. Yeah. So. Same thing that Group Six. I given what we just saw Rory do. Rory should own. This I think group. Rory's clearly. Yeah. I mean, Harmon started out okay at the API, but really fizzled. Um, doesn't have the length. Yeah, I think I think Rory clearly. Now, Group Seven. This is an interesting. This group, is a it? really interesting group. I think this will be one of the more interesting, more competitive. Maybe I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make a bold call here. I'm gonna say Fratelli. <laughs> you know, there's two guys in here that I think that that are interesting because we obviously know Sergio and we know Xander Schauffele and how they've played. Fratelli's sort of a newer name, but also the newest name in this group is Shabakar Sharma. Yeah. And I think Sharma has something to prove here. This is a guy that he's got a master's invite. He's he's gotta have that edge that he's, you know, wants to show that he belongs. And and so there's a there's a part of me that wants to look at him. I don't know if he's gonna win this group, but I think he's gonna show well here. So he's interesting to me and Fratelli as well. I, I don't think I think it's gonna be one of those two guys that wins this group. I don't think it's gonna be Xander and I don't think it's gonna be Sergio. You know, you talk about Sergio, he's coming off of his his uh his girl Azalea was just born. Love that name. You know, that's a that's Augusta mm-hmm. Nashville name. I don't know if he's he's gonna be quite all there yet. Now we do talk about the the nappy factor. Um but for an event like this, match play, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a, is high on the nappy factor. So I, I think I think that three or four seed Fratelli or Sharma are going to come out of here. Fratelli, University of Texas grad, played for UT. Probably familiar with this golf course. Really good price on DraftKings if you're looking there at sixty nine hundred. Um, yeah, I think this is an interesting group. All right, Group Eight: Jason Day, Ustizen, James Hahn, and Jason Duffner. <sighs> well, Day and Ustizen both um, have played well here. Obviously, Day's won I think twice here at this event. Ustizen was second last year, I think, wasn't he? No, he wasn't second no, last Tanahara, year. Tanahara, I think, made it to the final. No, or no, 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 he didn't. Rom was in the final, That's but they right. were. I think Ustizen and and. He was up there the last two years. You're I can't right. remember what year yeah. it was, but um, I still have a hard time without you know going outside a day. Here's the thing: when you look at these, you know, if you this event, the top players in the world have typically fared extremely well here, so it's hard to pick up outside of them in these groups. You know, I mean, he had like. Day went here twice. Rory, Tiger in his heyday, was winning here every other year. So you don't really see like a random guy win this tournament. Yeah, I think I lean Usti here. I think I lean Usti. Um, definitely feel better about him on DraftKings, too. Group nine, Tommy Fleetwood, Berger, Poulter, and Chapel. I'm pretty sure it's Fleetwood here. Anything different? 
Nah, I'm with you there. Group 10. Uh, gun to my head, Paul Casey, but I think Russell Henley has a shot. I do think he does, too. He has, he has a, a great match play history. You look at when he played at Georgia. Um, I think he was like like it, something ridiculous, like 5 or 6-0 when it came to match play in, in the NCAA tournament. So Henley is a guy, and he can putt lights out, and that's where I feel like when you're draining putts on guys, especially head-to-head like this, that's where you just sort of kill the mentality that somebody else has, regardless of how well they're they're hitting the ball. So I think he can do that. Um, group 11, you have Mark Leishman, Brandon Grace, Julian Surrey, and Bubba Watson. I'm taking some Surrey, and here's why. He's wow. the last player right now to get in this event. And I always feel like somebody who just comes into an event is the last <laughs> guy in. I think he's worth a flyer play on him. I'll, I'll have some of him in some lineups. Wow. That is for sure. Wow, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to go leash here. I'm, I'm going to go with another favorite. Okay. Oh, he's the favorite. So Group all-season Texas. It just it, it works. Um, Terrell Hatton, Charlie Hoffman, Alexander Levy, and Brendan Steele in Group 12. I think this one is tough. I think this, is, I think this group's kind of up for grabs. Um, yeah. I mean, this is one of those groups where literally, like, probably it's going to be Levy just because nobody's going to take him. But I, I, I don't know. It's just a tough group. I give an edge. I, I'll, I'll go Charlie if I had to pick. I'd go Charlie. Um, group thirteen. You got Norin, Finau, Na, and Peters. I mm. think. I think it's Norin. I'm. I'm. I don't care about the sexiness of Tony Finau and Thomas Peters bombing it all over the place. I think Norris is a better player. If it gets windy, I like him. That's it. I'm with you there. I think that the just don't get cute in this one. This is one of those where you, yeah. you want to kind of be different, but I think you just go with Norris. Group 14, Phil. Charles Howell III, Cabrera Bello, and Satoshi Kodiara. Who do you like here? I, I gotta go Cabrera Bello. I think he's you know, he played well here last year. Uh, has been playing well recently, so I think it, I think he's probably gonna be my favorite play. So I will. I love some Cabrera Bello this week. I'm gonna believe in the Masters inspiration and the last week to get in the top fifty in the World Golf Ranking. I'm going Charles Howell. I just wow. feel like he played here. He played well here last year. Yeah, so. and I just think. Uh, I just he's, he's As a matter of fact, last year he gave it such a run that there was like he he did the same thing that you're talking about, like where if he had just made it, I think like another round, he would have made it into the Masters. He's got to so. want it so bad. Yeah, I mean, you just know he's got to want it so bad. Group fifteen: Pat Perez, Gary Woodland, Siwoo Kim, and Webb Simpson. I gotta go Woodland here. <laughs> I just don't see. I'm in actually good form. I'm actually going to go a slight edge to Webb. It, more more match play experience, seasoned caddy on the bag, and Paul Tesori in good form. I think Webb here. Okay. Finally, Group 16: Matt Kuchar, Zach Johnson, Ross Fisher, and Yuta Ikeda. I think this is clearly a two horse race between Kuchar and Zach Johnson. Ross Fisher still likely dealing with a little bit of a back injury. Um, 
I mean, Zach's tough in match play, but I... so is Cooch. Cooch, they both have good match play records. They do. Um, and, and Cooch, we've seen, like, even back in his amateur days when he, he won the U.S. Amateur, he's he's got that match play. So I think Cooch, for me, is going to be that guy. This is the most boring group I've ever seen. <laughs> they're gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna go ZJ just to go opposite of you I think it's a coin flip between those two I'll go Cooch just because I love his, his the fact that he's won a US amateur before in match play and he he's I wanna see like a Zach Coocher you know duel showdown yeah duel. we're gonna get it we're gonna get it there's gonna be no cuss words but they're gonna gosh darn it Matt Matthew yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that wasn't the case for this week's podcast. And um, amazingly enough, we have gone over an hour and 10 minutes talking about two tournaments we couldn't have cared less about. That's pretty impressive. So if, if you've hung on this far, you must care. And we appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. We will be back next week for the Shell Houston Open and then a huge show for the Masters the week after that. Don't forget to enter the road to Augusta if you've not done that already. Don't forget to leave that iTunes review for your chance to win $250 in the Pro Shop. That's a good deal. Um, as you know, as every week, but really important here, if you're going to play DFS for the alternate event, in the uh, you know, Corrales or the WGC, you want to check FanshareSports.com. Check those ownerships. That's going to be super important, especially for the match play. You want to check that. So thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. May your screens be green. See ya! Oh! Words out about Duncan's new brown sugar chipotle bacon breakfast sandwich. A little sweet and a little heat with four slices of seasoned cherry wood smoked bacon. All on a buttery, flaky croissant made fresh and oven toasted with tasty egg and cheese. When you start your day with some sweetness from brown sugar and a hint of spiciness from chipotle seasoning, you've got a recipe for success. The new brown sugar chipotle bacon breakfast sandwich. Get it before it's gone. America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.